0: Hello and welcome to Fly Over the Groove, the Michelle Brangwen Dance Ensemble's podcast. I'm Michelle Brangwen. Thank you for listening. If you're not familiar with the Michelle Brangwen Dance Ensemble, a brief word about our work. We are a multidisciplinary performing ensemble of contemporary dance to live original music. In 18 years, every performance has included live music, and the musicians as integral parts of the visual stage imagery. We believe that the artist's role in society is to communicate, to challenge, to open a dialogue that can both unite us and inspire meaningful change. We function like a jazz band, and along with sections of choreographed movements and written music, we use improvisation that comes out of the form, concept, and emotional life of the work. We are based in New York City and Houston. Today's episode is entitled Confusion of Angels. Its content comes from our arts and activism blog at Brangwindance.org. Confusion of Angels is a performance work of ours composed of live dance and live music and film. It was commissioned and presented by a Houston-based organization called Mecca, which stands for Multiculturalism, Education and counseling through the arts. It was presented as part of their Dia de los Muertos festival, or Day of the Dead festival. Traditionally, uh, on this day, people create altars that tribute their loved ones. But Mecca is known for exhibiting elaborate altars created by artists that tribute and explore current issues. For their main festival altar, they prefer the theme to be a relevant one, both politically and socially. We proposed an idea for an altar that came to life with live dance, music and film, dealing with a growing number of casualties in the Middle East, especially children. The work had choreography by me, music by composer Thomas Halton, film by Junwin Perez-Verti, and set design by Sandra Tapia Luna. We chose this content for today's episode for a number of reasons. It's by far one of the most unique projects we have ever done. It involved making a film at the Roscoe Chapel uh, where we floated prayer candles in their reflecting pool. If you're not familiar, the Rothko Chapel is a non-denominational chapel in Houston, Texas. It's a chapel of the arts, so to speak. It's a large room um, that is encircled by Mark Rothko's paintings, and outside it's a beautiful grounds with a wall of bamboo and a reflecting pool with a sculpture entitled Broken Obelisk by Barnett Newman that is in the center. We feel that Confusion of Angels, which premiered in 2006, around the time that we were hearing of a lot of casualties in the Middle East, especially children um, in more than one country, um, we feel these issues are relevant very, right now with news from what's going on in Syria. We plan to release the final section, which is the film at the Rothko Chapel, as part of ArtCast, our internet television series that features new dance, music, and film from multiple cities. Confusion of Angels. The Idea. I've long been a fan of composer George Crumb's Black Angels, from written in 1970. It's a spectacular work for Electrified String Quartet, and he wrote it in response to the Vietnam War. It follows the path of a soul ascending into heaven. For those of you who might not have experienced it, uh, the musicians speak, they walk around, They change positions. They play their instruments upside down. They bow wine glasses, um, all things then and now still considered taboo uh, for music for a string quartet. Um, And this work was a tremendous inspiration to me on many levels. Um, It was a great and powerful work. And his non-traditional concept was merely a vehicle for what he wanted to say. It's a great piece. Um, I took his idea of the journey of a soul, and I used that as the narrative thread for Confusion of Angels. I wanted to trace the journey of a child who was trying to make sense of why it had exited the world. Um, I knew that I wanted to end with a film of floating candles in the reflecting pool at the Rothko Chapel. I wanted to begin with the child, as portrayed by dancer Brooke Barnes, passing into another realm. My idea was to film her inside the Rothko Chapel. You know, the painter Mark Rothko, for whom uh, the chapel is named, in his later years entertained guests within the enclave of his paintings. He felt they protected him. I thought it would be ideal to film the dancer surrounded by the paintings, protecting her, enveloping in her, creating a sacred space. My first attempt to gain permission to film inside and outside the Rothko Chapel failed. Um, it was uh, PhotoFest International's director, Wendy Watres who intervened on our behalf, and we were able to get permission to film outside the chapel uh, on the grounds and the reflecting pool. So I knew I could film the ending to Confusion of Angels as I envisioned it, with the dance that incorporated floating the candles in the reflecting pool. I had been thinking and dreaming about this idea for years, but now I needed to know where to film the aforementioned beginning. I wanted to alternate between film and live dance uh, for the performance work. My good friend Sandy Marcello asked me to describe the kind of place I was looking for, and when I explained it to her, she suggested the labyrinth at the Dominican Sisters on Alameda, which is a street in Houston. And the sisters were very supportive and welcoming. Um, They understood the need to rehearse in the space before filming. They treated our need to create a work of art as, as natural, and they were very much interested in the issues the work was dealing with, and they also came to the performance. In times past, we've had the budget to rent a scaffolding for overhead shots, but It was not possible for this shoot. I remember Jun-Win standing on a ladder and holding the camera steady, um, suspended at arm's length almost above her for a full duration of a take. And as I edit this podcast in 2018, I think about how many things are hopefully about to change for women in many fields. Um, Filming with a camera is artistic, but it's also athletic. Climbing, scrambling around, and holding heavy equipment steady for long periods of time is still sometimes thought of as a man's job. And I know June Win faced that attitude as she began her career because we talked about it. She's very creative and adventurous uh, cinematographer and editor, and her courage and her passion for her work behind the lens was something that we as performers could feel in front of the lens. The second section was a live dance that took place in the space between Sandra Tapia Luna's ethereal hanging altarpieces. Her altar was stunning. It, it combined traditional elements of a Dia de los Muertos altar with pictures of children from all over the world. Um, Audience members were invited to view the altar up close before and after the performances. And this live section of dance was meant to represent a kind of limbo where Brooke's character was met by two guardians that took her on a journey to discovering the reasons for her departure from earth. In other words, if I have to be blasted out of existence at such a young age, Can you tell me why? Which brings me to the money trail. As I prepared the work, I read Craig Unger's widely respected book, House of Bush, House of Sod, which basically details U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East starting at about 1980. Um, It's a very well-researched book, um, but it is chilling. And, um, but I wanted very much to understand more and to understand how much m- money and business um, have to do with the policy over the years. Um, I made a short prologue that we danced in silhouette behind a gauzy traveler curtain. The idea is that key to understanding foreign policy, and things that are going on and have gone on, I think it's impossible not to really understand them without understanding the money that went back and forth and that it is at the root of so much of our policy. I felt that was an important issue just to kind of make clear up front. So the piece began with a prologue. It continued into the labyrinth film made at the Dominican Sisters Labyrinth, then it segued into live dance, which was a kind of limbo, and it finished with angels at the reflecting pool. Many cultures believe that flame is a means of communication to the celestial world. The prayer candle is based on the idea of floating your prayers to a deity or to the universe. For this dance, the symbolism went both ways. I felt if there were angels, they would most certainly be confused by the sheer numbers of innocent souls entering their realm. The candles were a message, a prayer to humanity for peace. At the end of the middle section, Brooke's character, after discovering greed as the source of her departure from the earth, walks from live performance into her representation in the film. It was meant as a kind of feng shui, a letting go and an acceptance of what had happened. It was like a releasing of the soul. We had rehearsed during the afternoon at the reflecting pool. There was a gentle October wind, but it was sufficient to repeatedly blow out the candles. There was nothing we could do. This was by far the best candle of all the ones we had tested in the weeks leading up to the shoot. I had made experiments as to what candle would float best and stay lit the longest, and we had bought 70 of them and had them ready. This was our one night to film, and we had to make the best of it. I wondered if we would get anything usable, if the wind blew out all the flames. I explained to everyone at the start of the shoot that we only had this one chance to get everything. As the filming began, the wind died down and the area became incredibly tranquil and calm. The afternoon breeze had blown tiny acorns from the trees down onto the plaza and a person from a house neighboring the chapel grounds brought a broom to sweep the area where we were dancing. Seth played the simple and plaintive chant that Thomas Helton had written over and over on the iwi, which is an electric wind instrument. He made the choice not to embellish it too much because of the solemnity of the dance. But the iwi requires a lot of breath, and he played for hours without complaint or request for a break. The audio engineers sat quietly under a tree, their dat sharing the one outlet outside that we could access. When it came time to film the placing of the candles in the water, which was for me one of the most important parts of the dance movement-wise, just the simplicity of the hands placing the candles in the water. Jeremy Choate, who was lighting the shoot, dimmed the lights, and I was very worried the footage would be too dark and not usable and he and I and Jun-Win conferred before shooting. Trust me, he said, if we use the film lights we brought, it will be too bright and it won't feel like candlelight. Jun-Win said, I will shoot it all really close. When I saw the footage, it took my breath away. It was exactly as I had hoped, with the flames illuminating the candles like magical lanterns. All evening, as we shot, Not one candle blew out. When they were placed in the water, they were carried by various currents in the reflecting pool, each one taking a different path across the water. Some of them began to spin. It looked like souls dancing. It was like entering into some mysterious realm of the sacred. I cannot see the reflecting pool at the Roscoe Chapel, that my heart does not stir in remembrance of that film shoot. I feel this way not only for what we accomplished, but for having such talented and good people create this with me. In the years following this premiere performance, we have not recreated the altar, but we have shown the film of the final dance at the Reflecting Pool in venues in Texas and New York, and as I mentioned, we will be premiering the final film online as part of ArtCast, our internet television series, in the fall. If you're curious, you can also go to brangwyndance.org to our blog page, and there is an entry with a gallery of images from this project, and there are also two short video clips from the filming at the Rothko Chapel. This has been Confusion of Angels. I'm Michelle Brangwen. Thank you for listening.